We have to stop meeting like this, Parshan. It's been little more than half a century. What will people say? Who cares? Their ship, McLeod, here to provide us with whatever we want. We tolerate them. You haven't changed. Did you expect me to? Welcome to Highlander Rewatched, the podcast where we watch every single episode of Highlander the series and discuss it in detail. I'm one of your hosts, Keith. I'm Kyle. Amen. Uh, I just wanted to cover a bit of reader mail from our last episode, Deadly Medicine. Uh, Nicholas W. wrote in with a comment. Um, in, in the episode, we commented at the, at the end of the episode, Duncan makes this, this remark, or, or Tess makes a remark to Duncan. <laughs> Like, oh, you have a long memory. And it's like, wait, what? Like, that happened three days ago. Uh, but Nicholas W. had this great comment that in the original script, uh, it says Duncan was supposed to be missing for 30 days. What? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. What kind of experimentation was going on then? I yeah. don't know. But, yeah, I don't think the episode ever really makes it clear that he's gone that long. Like, the editing no. never tells you how long or short it is. But it, it seems sure. like it's a night or two. Yeah. yeah, well, the level of urgency would be so much different versus a night or two versus 30 days. Right. Yeah. Like, if you know your your boyfriend is involved in some immortal game in which people get their heads cut off and he's gone for 30 days, like, you think he's dead. You're not just doing a casual search. Right. All right, let's get started with episode nine, The Sea Witch. Uh, this episode aired December 5th, 1992, and it was directed by none other than Thomas, Thomas J. Wright. Wright. And what did he direct? No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred. And if, <laughs> if you've been listening to this podcast and haven't watched No Holds Barred yet, come on, watch get it. on it. Watch it. Netflix. We're going to keep mentioning it, because and he directs a lot of episodes, so we're going to be persistent. Um, this was written by David Tynan. Uh, he wrote 33 episodes of Highlander, and I know uh, the producer, Bill Panzer, loved David Tynan. Uh, apparently, he would be, like, on set all the time when they would uh, film the episodes and, like, tweaking dialogue and stuff. He was a real hands-on writer. Um, he also did an episode of Silk Stockings. Yeah. He wrote for the Beastmaster TV show. Writer and producer on Beastmaster. And he did, like, the Flash Gordon reboot on Sci-Fi in, like, 2007. Oh, cool. uh, sadly, he died uh, in 2013. That's... Sad. Sorry to bring it down, guys. And, no, I feel yeah. bad for grunting when you mentioned Flash yeah. Gordon, but all right. Pancreatic cancer will do it. Um, uh. This uh, episode has, uh, I guess, one notable guest star, uh, Stephen Macht, uh, as Alexei Voshin. Uh, he's in, like, a ton of stuff. I mean, he's he's another one of those character actors that appears in everything. He was in Knott's Landing. I remember actually seeing him when I was younger as Benedict Arnold in the George Washington miniseries. If anyone wow. remembers that, it, was, it started... It starred Barry Boswick as George Washington, and like it, <laughs> it went from like before he was president through the revolution to like the time he died. Very good. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> uh, he was uh, in Sliders. Oh yeah. Walker, Texas Ranger. Nice. And Jag. More Jag. Jag. Jagging off. It's a USA who's who. <laughs> uh, the IMDb episode description for this episode is: Richie saves an old friend from Russian mobsters after a drug deal goes bad. Unbeknown to him, she takes the drugs and the money with her. It is up to Duncan to protect her and her daughter from the mobsters who are now looking for her. So the episode description explicitly says that they're Russian. And I had not really thought necessarily that, that they had to be Russian. But don't they reveal at some point that this guy is somehow Yugoslavian, not actually Russian? Well, it's like, also, he's like the only dude that's like ethnic right like right. the other guys the other are guys not are just dudes just sea couverites or yeah. whatever they're just white dudes in suits so couvians <laughs> yeah i guess how do what is the term for that sea couverites or sea couvians I, I, I think sea couvians though sea couvians sea couvian i see you couvian <laughs> oh <laughs> in any case point is i don't think we have we have reason to think that these guys are not actually Russian, IMDb, but in any case, 
don't know. So the, the episode opens with Richie walking down the street, and he's, like, talking to himself. He's like, helmets, 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 helmets. Like, I couldn't even really tell what he was saying. But he's oh, like, he's saying Hellemans. 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 Like Hellemans mayonnaise? That's right. I, not, <laughs> not quite. It's a good, good mayonnaise. Uh, but yeah, he's like, oh, where is this place? Not there, not there. Oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's really describing everything that's happening. It's reminiscent. Like, it's a reason. book. It's reminiscent of his uh, searching for that candy shop. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he comes across where Hellman's Antiques used to be, and it's a jewelry store now. And he sees, this is his old neighborhood. He's right. in his old neighborhood. And he sees... An old friend of his getting hassled by somebody. Right, whose name is Nikki, we find out. Right. Who's wearing denim on denim. He is <laughs> looking is that, uh, pretty righteous. <laughs> Canadian tuxedo? <Is> that- <laughs> Canadian <laughs> tuxedo. Uh, so, I thought this was kind of cool. Like, this is the first time I think we saw Richie be kind of tough. Like, he goes over there and, like, I thought he kind of roughed up the guy. Like, he seemed, like, really intense. He was like, lay off her, man. I mean, he was ready to throw down. Yeah. But if Bush came to shove, I mean... Well, we'll see later in this episode. Richie kind of mans up a little bit, but... And, and the guy's yeah. response to him, like, messing with him, like, maybe she doesn't want to go with you. The guy's like, oh, beautiful. Looks like the Marines are here. Yeah. <laughs> Richie just loves to get into people's face. Yeah. That's his thing. But this is the first time we've actually seen it work, because right. he does yeah. get her to leave him alone. And I thought he does a good job of actually appearing tough. Like, it doesn't seem like it's part of, like, the Richie's a tough guy shtick. Like, no, he, he comes he off actually, as kind of tough. Yeah. Despite what he's wearing, which he's, like, wearing this tethered leather coat with, like... Yeah. It, it looks like Steven Seagal's coat in, like, <laughs> Fire Down Below or whatever. Whatever <laughs> movie he's, like, a Native American, like, commando or something. I don't know. I also felt that... I don't know if it was ever intended that this was supposed to be a different character, but... I feel like Nikki is supposed to be Angie from... She's been in, what, two previous episodes? She was in, like, The Road Not Taken. He was... That was the old friend from the neighborhood. Right. And then she comes back in subsequent episodes. Yeah. So it's not like they lost her. In yeah, I don't know. I always felt like maybe this was supposed to be her. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they didn't want to, like, cast her in a somewhat negative light. Nikki's not the most sympathetic No, character. she's not. No, but we have no reason to think Angie's a drug dealer. Which, by the way... True. These this pair is right. <laughs> so they um, end up they end up going to uh, like an abandoned warehouse, uh, and Richie follows them there, unbeknownst to them. And it turns out they're in the middle of like a drug deal with these weird Russian mobsters to get the best powder on the coast. <laughs> right. Which world building we now know they are on a coast. Oh, good point. I guess ah, which we didn't good. quite know before. Right. Um, Confirmed. Sea Which Cooper leading is to, on the sea. Seacooper <laughs> is in fact on the sea. Very we know good. this now. Very good. Um, and so they, they they have this exchange. They, the, the the guy gives them or the the long haired dude gives the guy the, money. He gives him the drugs and he's like, here you go. Here's your ticket to Playland. Which is <laughs> good. Which is an unholy amount of cocaine. Uh, yeah, they bought fifty grand worth of cocaine. I looked the the inflation rate up. That's eighty five thousand dollars worth of oh boy coke. Where did they come up with that? It's a lot of cash. Well, also just from looking at it, I was actually surprised it was only fifty grand. I don't know. I just, don't know either. I, it's hard to say visually how much that is. I tried to but, find that answer out. I was googling how much is eighty five thousand dollars worth of coke. Well, so they say it's fifty thousand dollars. In any case. At, in the 90s, according to the <laughs> Office of National Drug Control Policy, <laughs> cocaine was $250 per pure gram. Wow. Whoa. Which, this is probably cut, because it's... Because these guys are shit. Yeah, well, I mean, because drug dealers <laughs> Although it stuff. is the best powder on the coast. Yeah, it's the best. Since yeah. Maybe it's best. not cut. Better so we don't know. <laughs> but that being said, even assuming this is like a third of a kilogram, like 330 pounds... It clocks in at over eighty thousand dollars in in nineteen ninety two money. Wow! So adjusting upward, you know, we're talking like a hundred and ten thousand dollars or so Damn. in today's money worth of cocaine. But unfortunately, things never go as planned for drug dealers in Highlander world. So, <laughs> well, like Nikki's thug friend like throws her to the ground to get the money that he's stealing from these drug dealers now. And Richie, who's watching a fucking drug deal with armed men, like, peeks his head out 
and yells at the thug for throwing Nikki down. Right. So, yeah. Don't which, do that. Just to be clear, at this point, Denim Man has actually pulled a gun already on the Russians. Yeah, like, he's this gonna is, double cross them. It's already a standoff that he's interrupting. It's not just like they're this is a casual drug deal or as casual a drug deal can be, and he's interrupting it. Like it is already an armed conflict so and like, yeah, Richie puts her in the most danger she could possibly be put <laughs> in right now. Like, he escalates this situation right away. Good job, Richie. Uh, so he ends up, yeah, he, he calls out, like, stop it, and it distracts the, the denim long-haired dude, and he ends up getting shot because he, like, takes his eye off the ball. Yep. Uh, and so all hell breaks loose. Uh, Nikki grabs the coke. And the money. And the money, and runs off with Richie. And they escape. At this point, we find out that Tess realizes that Richie hasn't picked up this the sculpture. Right. Uh, he's, he's supposed to pick up an Incan head. An Incan head. From an antique dealer. Uh, oh, and yeah. the, Duncan calls the antique shop. Right. And he, R- Richie never showed up. So at this point, the, the Russian dude, we don't know his, his deal yet. He is all pissed off at his goons. And he's like, go find Nikki. Like, you know where her boyfriend lives. Go get her. Uh, so Nikki goes back to her apartment. And Richie's like, that's the dumbest thing ever. Like, they're going to find you there. She's like, I have to go back. Like, it's important. And it turns out, like, twist, she has, like, a daughter. Right. Uh, And that's kind of where the stakes are in this episode. So they're not only after her, but they're after her daughter. Also, I'm not great at judging ages, but how old do we think this kid is? Okay. I did some looking up of that, I think, in the Watcher Chronicles. Ooh. Nikki, it says, was born in 1976. This episode takes place in 1992, so she's 16 years old, maybe. Oh my! Well, according yeah, according to the I guess screw up in the Watch Chronicles, and she also does say the girl is three years old. So she had her what when she was 13? Okay. Yeah. So I don't uh, know. While possible, that is unsavory. Yeah. So I I don't buy that really. Ooh, especially since at some point Richie. Accuses is a strong word, but kind of oh, God. asks her pointedly if she had to turn tricks. Yeah. And if she's supposed to be 16, like, holy shit, Yeah, that's she's dark. like Jodie Foster in Taxi Driver. Oh. <laughs> that was a gross question to ask, Richie. Yeah. Very no gross. To My note here is just... 16-year-old friend. Ew. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, she goes back to get her daughter, and then the, the mafioso show up. Uh, at the house to shoot them. Yeah, go right for shooting. Yep. There's no like attempt to be subtle about this yeah. in any way. Well, like, they're that... outside on the street. They pull their gun yeah. and start shooting. Well, and think... somehow, nobody comes to investigate. Right. I no. think the door's locked. Yeah, so they shoot at the glass. So they shoot at the glass, and Duncan is out looking for Richie, and he's just, just driving happens, around. <laughs> happens to... Come across the right well, spot. When the goons corner Richie, they're like, and Nikki, they're like, you you mess with our one rule, like or like you broke, you broke our, our one, one rule. rule. <laughs> you mess with us, you die. Yeah. <laughs> Which you didn't really break it, unless they broke it by not dying. Yeah, they did. They're alive. Yeah, right, because so. really their one rule is don't mess with them. Right. Not yeah. mess with us, you die. Richie's actually, I think, kind of courageous in this moment. Like yeah. when they come out, like <clears throat> he pushes. Angie away, like he gets between the goons and Nikki. Or I just called her Angie. Then. You did. Hey, Angie. Uh, he pushes Nikki and her daughter away. So I mean, he's doing like, I, yeah, he's, he's being he pretty steps heroic. up. I mean, Richie, Richie always steps up. He's heroic, if not always successful in his physical yeah. altercations. But uh, Duncan, Duncan shows up after Richie's kind of getting his ass. He's getting beat. pummeled. Like, yeah, it's brutal. <laughs> Like, he just, it's like a cartoon. It's just over and over again, just getting punched in the face. (laughs) Which, he gets really lucky in that this guy has a knife. They show him pull the knife, and he's got it in his hand, and he's just, just punching. Right. Which is lucky, because, like, you think they're just there to kill him. Like, it's like he's interrogating him or asking him any questions. He's just punching and doesn't stab him, luckily. Which also, when Duncan steps in to save him, he just is like, you get that guy. I'm going to take this guy. Yeah. So, like, at any point, this guy could have just stabbed the shit out of Richie. (laughs) And And luckily, he does not. In the rich tradition of C. Coover criminals, the mobster tries to karate kick Duncan in the face. (laughs) 
which everybody knows karate and everyone, Cougar, yeah, karate criminals. Yeah. So Duncan says, oh, why don't you try to mess with somebody your own size? And which Duncan is much larger than this man, yep. so not exactly accurate. But the tables kind of turn, and Richie starts beating up one of the thugs, and he is viciously beating this guy. He's, He's smashing his head over yeah, and over again. And, and they give this like super intense shot from below Richie as he's just pounding this guy's yeah. head and Richie looks possessed. It's it's, awesome. it's super intense. It's like, man, Richie, you're really unleashing like a damaged childhood on this man. <laughs> yep. He's thinking about his dad and um Jack what episode Ryan. was that? Yeah, Jack Ryan. Family tree. Family episode tree. Two. That's right. Uh so anyway, Duncan mops the floor with these goons. And they all escape in his T-Bird. Yep. Uh, but then the, the that like head goon, I don't even know what it's called, he runs out chasing after the car, and he asks these two like kids that are there. He's like, yeah. yo, just, like the kids are like, man, that dude in the T-Bird took you down cold. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Which also, the guy's got like a high top. Yep. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> it's like kids at play. Uh, it's fantastic. So the head goon like threatens him. He's like, did you see the license plate? And he pulls his gun out, and he's like, so anyway, presumably this kid tells him, the license plate number. Also, the guy saw the license plate number? What? He says he sees everything. <laughs> he That's... might be a watcher? Rewatcher? Oh, that would be a crazy twist if that was in it would this, be. that he was a watcher. Yeah, but then he wouldn't have made his presence known. Then uh, he would have just been the worst watcher ever. No, he, he's allowed to be there. He's allowed to be there, but why would he go talk to the guy who was fighting an immortal? I don't know. You wouldn't go put insert yourself in it and be like, and imply that you could help them find him. We'll get into that later, man. Uh, Some of the watchers are not. All right, we're we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. <laughs> we are way out. <laughs> we we are uh, five minutes into this episode. <laughs> We've been talking for eighteen. <laughs> Very good. So they go back to Duncan's house, and one funny line I wanted to mention was that Richie asks <laughs> how Nikki wound up yeah. with jeans on jeans <laughs> and he says he's like roadkill with attitude which also richie this is obviously her boyfriend and he is very dead yeah like she should be grieving and richie's like hey you got a wound let me just put some salt on it <laughs> yeah also yeah the fact that he's dead is like not really brought up again no they she doesn't pass seem that pretty affected quick. by it at all yeah she does not seem at all upset by this but then that's where the you never had to turn tricks line also comes in yeah so duncan is now kind of inserted into this whole like nikki drama and he's not happy with any of it uh so i well let's talk about this should we play this clip yeah, yeah. okay so du duncan confronts nikki about maybe she has something the drug dealers want this is his little psa to them drugs are bad drugs are bad only for two things nikki Drugs and money. Which do you have? Mac. She had told me. Gullible Richie. Right. And I guess Richie didn't Nikki. see her pick up the drugs or money there. Which is puzzling. He was yeah. there. I don't believe you. Looks like a sandwich. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's gotten the massive bag of coke. I grabbed it, okay? Nobody makes it out with this garbage. <laughs> this garbage. So what are we going to do now? We're going to call the cops? No, please. I know what'll happen. They'll tell me I'm an unfit mother. They'll take my little girl. You are an unfit mother, <laughs> also. No, no harm done. Sayonara. See you later. So they can put this back on the streets? So they can sell it to another Richie Ryan? Or another Melinda? Oh, Duncan. Yeah. So, yeah, she definitely is kind of an unfit mother. <laughs> yeah, which is, not, like, not just because she's apparently a drug dealer. But when mobsters are actively trying to kill you and firing guns at you while your child is around, like, there, if there's a line between, like, just being a drug dealer and being an unfit mother, it's certainly when people are actively attempting to kill you in your home. Yep. I, I had another note here. Uh, the, the scene where Tess gives that whole, like, PSA to Nikki. Before Nikki comes in, Tess and Melinda are doing, like, arts and crafts. Yep. So Tess has some, like, another bullshit sculpture she's doing. It's Well, actually, it's not that bad this time. It's just some, like, little figure model she's she's sculpting. Uh, but Melinda is making... A stegosaurus. A stegosaurus. <laughs> it's and clearly a stegosaurus. It is clearly. And, like, it looks like... She's supposed to be three. Uh, this looks like it was done by, like, an adult. It Like, it's got some details. And Tess is like... 
what is that a cow and she's uh, like no it's a dinosaur and then they cut to the dinosaur and it's like no shit it's a dinosaur <laughs> like what Wait, did she, yeah, why did you think it was a cow i have no idea she cause... might have been doing a blues clues thing you know the guy from blues clues <laughs> how he acts like an idiot <laughs> listen to blues clues rewatched coming soon <laughs> oh that would be good good New. choice on stegosaurus though first among dinosaurs it's very good Nikki also treats Tess like shit. <laughs> like, she doesn't like Tess at all. Uh, like roadkill with attitude? That's right, because she's rich. Yeah. Like, at one point, Tess gives uh, Melinda a, a teddy bear to sleep with, and Melinda says, it's from Tessa. She's nice. And Nikki says, well, she's rich. <laughs> and then really lays it on thick with her. To go, you with your fancy clothes. Yeah. yeah. Do we want to play this clip too? Back to back PSAs from Duncan and Tess. Yeah, this is so, this is a good one. So yeah, they get in a big fight here. Uh, she had toys, you know. Uh, I wasn't that much of a screw up. I never said that. Listen, I know how rough it's been for you. You know? What do you know? Uh, you with your money and your expensive clothes. Your, your money, money and your expensive that clothes. That a new life for Melinda and me. Drugs don't bring life. Don't judge me. I'm not. Sure you are. I see the way you look at her. Listen. Oh, boy. I don't want her. I just want you to get a grip on your life. Give her a chance. This is like the Let second drug episode, too, for Pilot. Yeah. And Duncan's harping on that. He's like, this poison, this filth. Also, I have a yeah, note. Which, I... which I don't know if we established this, but Duncan pours the 80 dollars worth of Coke. Oh, yeah, down, down the, the drain. Sink. And yeah. he's like, I hope the alli- there's no alligators down there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a note uh, during that whole like monologue with Tess that I just have, Nikki's pretty hot. Like, I, just, I, I thought she was kind of hot. She's an attractive lady. I don't know. I'm glad that was your takeaway from this scene. <laughs> That's kind of, I was zoning out. I was like, oh, Tess, come on. I like Nikki's disgusted acting, which is not very good. The faces she makes are like Robert Robert De Niro faces, just <laughs> like that weird lip thing. <laughs> With your money. Nikki ends up hiding the money in Richie's room, where, right. where her daughter is sleeping. Uh, and so there was something really, I, I was like fascinated by the shot of Richie's room. We've never seen this before. Oh, you know. And I was like, oh, we learn a lot about Richie in this shot because it's Richie's room. Richie has a drum set. Very good. (laughs) I guess he plays the drums. Well, he does have a lot of attitude. Uh, He's got a backgammon board, a guitar, and boxing gloves. So I guess he's like musical. He likes old games. And he's like trying to toughen up is the takeaway. Well, he's pretty buff. I mean, we do see him uh, after his encounter getting pummeled by the goons. (laughs) Like there's there is a scene of Nikki kind of patching him up and he's like a buff dude. He obviously is is using those boxing gloves. It tight. Uh, So the, the Russian mobster, he ends up meeting meeting with his goons and they tell him about this like encounter they had with McLeod and how they got their ass kicked. He's got hands, feet, moves like I've never seen before. Like he's been doing it for a hundred years. And this is like, <laughs> what? This is the tip off to the guy like, wait a minute, what? Like this guy was good at karate? <laughs> he's so good at karate, it's like he's immortal or something. <laughs> That's a phrase people say, right? So the goons tell him that, that, he, that Richie called him Mac. And he immediately was like, Mac, not are you sure it wasn't McLeod? McLeod. He's like, find out if they have a sword. Which is such <laughs> a, yeah. okay. Which is such a weird request. I'll get on that. The thugs are sent out after Nikki again. And Nikki is deciding, I'm going to run. Melinda's better with these guys. I'm just going to ditch her. Because I guess she knows she's an unfit mother at this right. point. She's yeah. like, further evidence that. Dump the baby. Yeah. So she takes the money. Yep. And is trying to Or she thinks she takes the money. I guess yeah. we'll get to that later. And just so happens that using, because of the McLeod connection, they are able to, the goons find the antique store and catch her as she's trying to blow. Right. So they take her back to the ship. And we should say, um, Voshin, the Russian mob boss, his base of operations is a ship, a docked ship. Right. So they take her back to the ship. And they're basically interrogating her. The method they are using to interrogate her <laughs> is very puzzling. Like, at one point, the, the head goon, who's, like, 
a pompadour mullet man in a yeah. suit. It's very, it's weird. So pompadour just kind of grabs her face. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He's just Is like, he supposed to be crushing her head? I I guess. Yeah. It was. I, it didn't seem very threatening. No, but she's certainly acting like this is yeah horrible, which is not to say that this wasn't a terrible thing, but <laughs> sure. it was confusing, to say the least. Yeah. She says, just take the money, but then it's revealed that in her bag, there is no money. There's just rolled up socks. <laughs> so which... someone found it and pulled a switcheroo. Right. right. Well, it was Melinda, but why did she do that? Why did Melinda do it? I yeah. don't know. And also the lie, like... She tells the Russian dude, she's like, oh, well, I don't have it with me because I hit it because she's trying to buy time. Right. But it's like, if I was the Russian dude, I'd be like, so why do you have a bag of socks? Like, what was the scheme? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I sweat a lot and I was going to run. Socks. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. And then he clips off her hair. That yep. was so weird. What like, the it's, fuck? <laughs> it's like, that was weird. It's, it's kind of threatening at first because like, I couldn't tell that those were scissors when he holds them up. Like, it looks yeah, like they were weird, weird like of... medical scissors or something. Yeah, it looked like this weird like hooked blade. And I was like, right. oh, this is scary. Like now <laughs> this, is... this is an interrogation. <laughs> and then he clips her hair in a way that we're supposed to think that this is this guy's thing. You yeah. know, this seems he seems like no stranger to this hair clipping maneuver. Like right. he's done this in the past. It's very weird. Yeah, there's no setup for it's, it. It's and no threatening. payoff, spoiler alert. It's threatening, yeah, no payoff. <laughs> yeah, it's plenty threatening, but we don't know why he's fetishizing this woman's hair. Yeah. So Voshin sends this thug to go with Nikki to find the money. Lebowski. Uh, <laughs> so they go back to, to Duncan's uh studio and she's like rummaging through everything just trying to buy she's time. like in the kitchen yeah she's like, like looking through pots and pans and stuff <laughs> uh but luckily duncan happens to come home yep and he catches the goon and of course like kicks the shit out of him yep uh, and uses his sword but then he sets the guy free and so he's able to report back devotion that like hey this guy does have a sword but before he sets him free he's like who put you up to this and then he gets a phone call the thug Marco gets a phone call. Oh, right. And he's like, oh, you can talk to him. Yeah. And that's how the guy actually makes his escape. And Duncan's like, nah, let him go. Let him go. I can just talk to this guy on the phone. So Alexi just happens to call at that moment. So this is another weird scenario where they set up like, oh, is he immortal? Like, we got to find, like, there's a mystery here where Alexi needs to find out, is it is it Duncan McLeod? Is it not? And... It ends up being all for naught because he just ends up calling. Yep. And it's like, oh, it is Duncan because yep. I talked to him on the phone. So there's yeah. no like, re- big reveal. Right. Well, this is one of those episodes that's strange because the whole time I was just wondering, why is this man immortal? Like, why does it matter? It's, it's really the immortal plot here is really grafted onto this story because through most of the episode, it's utterly irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. No, that's... he does not need to be immortal at all. Mm-mm. But he is, as we <laughs> as we discover, and we get a mildly interesting flashback. Yeah, so when they have this this phone call, they end up having a flashback. It's 1938 and Leningrad. Uh, I thought the flashback looks really good. And it did. I was actually surprised how not shitty this flashback <laughs> looked. Like, the costumes were pretty good. Yeah, they it had, like, wide shots, which yeah. is something that, like, especially in the Vancouver episodes of Highlander, they don't do a lot of wide shots because it like reveals kind of where you are. Like, right. This looked really good. They had kind of a sepia tone on the film. I had kind of a weird thing about this flashback and all the flashbacks we've seen so far. In most movies or, or shows, when there's a flashback, they'll just have a little card that's like Russia and a date. Why doesn't Highlander do that? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, they never they never call out. When exactly stuff is? Yeah, right. say so when did they mention what year it is? Uh, they don't. That's all. Anytime I mention a date, it's all from the Watcher. And Chronicles. do they even mention that they're in Leningrad? No. All we get is this. It's this it's kind of hilarious because the yeah. flashback actually opens on just a giant flag of Stalin's face. Yes. Yep. So my note was just when is this? I guess it's before. I think Stalin died in 1953. Yeah. All we know is this before then. Right. And oh boy. <laughs> and. R- so McLeod is in a military uniform, and he's speaking in a Russian accent. I love that. I, I assume it's just <laughs> supposed to be a proxy for him speaking in Russian. Oh, you know what? You're oh, probably right. That's yeah. what I yeah. assumed, just because 
why on earth would you do that? Your name is Duncan McLeod. No yeah. one is going to think you're Russian. Right. Well, she knows he's Scottish. Or, well, he's with the woman and several other people who are like trying to escape on this boat. And he's like, I spittered his head. So <laughs> we're find out, Duncan, Duncan reveals that at some point he came to a conflict with Alexi but let him go as we're apparently now learning is a thing Duncan does often. Right. Well, and yeah. So this is Alexi's boat, and he's helping Duncan get these people out of here. This is his boat, the Sea Witch. The Sea Witch, which it's revealed by uh, Neva, who asks Duncan, I'm wondering, what's the name of this ship? (laughs) Yeah, which I guess this woman is supposed to be Duncan's girlfriend at the time. I think so. Presumably, yes. I suppose so, while Duncan is in the communist Russian military, Yep, to be clear. but Yeah, I don't know what the deal is with that. I mean, I, I guess his plan is he works from the inside and helps people out. I guess. Because why is he serving for them? Yeah. yeah. That's my only thought, that he, he's working the game from the inside. I, I guess. It's just very puzzling that he would be there at this time in this space. If it's 1938, like, World War II is basically on. Upon us, yes. It's like, why are you with the Russians at this point? Yeah. You could be with anyone, <laughs> anywhere. In any case, she then reveals that it's called the Sea Witch. And Alexi points out it's a Yugoslavian word that means sea witch. But that's not really a language. Uh. Like, Yugoslavia is like a product of basically imperialism after World War One. They took a bunch of people, mashed them together, and said, you're a country now. So there's a bunch of different languages uh. in Yugoslavia. It's like, which is why there are so many con- were so many conflicts there. So it's like, is it like... Croatian or like Slovenian or something like that, which is the Slav part. Like the whole thing's very puzzling. Huh. They're just a little cavalier about places. Cause right. at this point, then there's no reason to think that Alexi is Russian. Yeah. But it's clear that Duncan doesn't really trust Alexi. He's like, you're helping us because I didn't chop your head off. Right. <laughs> like, I just don't understand why they chose this flashback. Like, this flashback makes sense to me, but I feel like there should have been another flashback before this where they see this happen. Like, it seems like the interesting interaction is whatever this was when Duncan spared him, which probably would have been cool. Especially the way they paint this character, because later in the episode, they end up adding all this extra stuff to this character. Like, you don't, like, you treat you know, like mortals, like crap, like they're just right. there, they're sheep, they don't matter. And it's like, where is that in much of this? Like, yeah. it's not there. Like, what should have happened is we should have seen that interaction and maybe Duncan sparing him in the hopes that he changes his ways or right gets better. And then this betrayal happens later and that's why they still have beef. Like, that would have been more compelling. Otherwise, it's like, okay, we're being told that this guy is this way, but we have no connection to it. Mm. Yeah. Alexi betrays everybody. The right. KGB shows up, and they're going to arrest all these refugees that are attempting to flee. Uh, and then, of course, Alexi gives this great line. He's like, you know what? I'm going to teach you something, McLeod. He's like, I'm going to teach you how to lose your head. Uh. <laughs> uh, I thought that was really dumb. But uh, so then Duncan flees and jumps in the water. And he ditches Neva? Yeah. He says, Neva, run with me. But then he just... He just takes off. Runs away. <laughs> And I guess we learn later that Alexi, like, takes her or... Yeah, he, like, he, claims her. Yeah, when the so the so when the Soviet... K, when the KGB guys show and are like, oh, like, we're taking all these people. She's yeah. like, no, leave her. She's mine. And it's like, whoa. Ugh. Yeah. This, this is creepy. This is very confusing. Like, Duncan just disappears and ditches her. Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't seem... It never comes back for her. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Seems out of character. It is weird. Uh, So we're back to the present at this point. And so Duncan now is going to get ready to fight Alexi. Like, the challenge has been made. They're going to have a face-off. And so he has kind of a heart-to-heart with Tess before he goes out. And so as a subplot to this whole episode, Tess is dealing with, like, childbearing stuff or being a mother because she's getting this opportunity to essentially be... Melinda's mother. Yeah. Uh, and she's really liking it. And it's like, oh, Tess wants to be a mom. But as we know now, she can't be because immortals can't have children. She can't adopt? Or does she not want to bring a kid into the game? I, I don't know. Because Duncan is like, D- Tess is talking about how much she like wants to be a mother. And 
Duncan is like, well, you know, you could like, I guess he's going to say like, break up with me or something, but That's, then T- yeah. Tess interrupts and she's like, never. And it's like, never what? Like adopt? Like yeah. you could still be a mom if right. you want to be. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I don't know if she just In doesn't want to. If, yeah. if you wanted to give birth for some reason. Take uh, some of Richie's uh Juices? Ew. <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> what? You need a donor. <laughs> hey, I'm not Richie. Richie. Not Richie. Not okay. Ri- Richie Ryan. Richie Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, guys. Uh, so anyway, Tess hates adoption, I guess. Mm-hmm. And Nikki comes in with Melinda, and they bring the money. She, right. And like, they return it, and they're like, we're really sorry. Duncan, Duncan goes off to confront... Alexi. Right. And there, there's a weird scene that happens in the middle. It's completely inconsequential, but I have a note about it. They cut in the middle of this whole interaction to Alexi on the boat. He rolls dice. Oh, he's like yeah. kissing them. And then he picks them up and he kisses them and then yeah. he throws them away. He's and it's like, like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> well, this he's... is like another thing that's like, is he that seems that like a... he's got a hair thing, like he's got a, like a chance gambling yeah, thing. Like, he he is, stuff pays he off. is fondling these dice. <laughs> like he's, he's like, it's like he's like massaging balls or something. <laughs> like he's this guy, this actor, uh, mocked. He's great. Like, oh, he's, he's just chewing the scenery up. And I'm, I'm like, I, every time he's on screen, I just love watching yeah. him. Like he's phenomenal. And they don't on- give him much to work with, so he's probably like, "All right, I'm gonna do this dice thing. Yeah. I'm gonna do this hair thing." Yeah, I. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> but like the 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 shots of Duncan like exploring the docks are pretty cool. Like I thought those were And Duncan's all like in his black trench coat. Right. All like he's all black in this, yep. which is I think spoiler alert, kind of a look he has later uh in the show. Ah. Like I, I don't know. I think he adopts like he hasn't worn too many trench coats yet, I don't think. It's like off and on. It's he's, a few. he's got like this puffy leather jacket he kinda wears. His fashion in this series. <laughs> uh, a lot but, of white turtlenecks. Yeah. Uh, but like in a season or two from now, like he is looking, I think, much more stylish. Like he's got this kind of heavy black trench coat. Like he's the man. So he and Alexi finally meet in yeah. the boat. And Alexi, the Sea Witch not... Two. The yeah, boat's the called two. the Sea Witch Two. So Alexi has actually cleared the boat. He's not trying to cheat or anything like that. He has kicked all of his men off because right. he he wants to have a a nice one on one with Duncan, which. It's very nice of him, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So they have this whole like discussion about like he thinks mortals are sheep, and then we'll play a clip right now of him talking about like how Stalin was like great. Uh, here we go. That's why I'm here. I welcome it. He's very good. His shirt. Not this time, Alexei. This is the last time. Strong words for a man who spent his time saving sheep. From the slaughter. I never fed off human blood and misery to gain power. And pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget pleasure. Pleasure. So good. Also, we never seem to do anything pleasurable. Yeah. Was a fool. But he had a talent for brutality. And I love that in a man. <laughs> uh, that's very good. That was great. He was he's great. Yeah. I love him. He's working hard. Yeah. yeah. Just as a rule, this show is great guest actors like oh, people come on and like really pour it on yeah which it's probably a lot of fun because these villains are so the kinda, villains are fantastic in this show are so like kind of wacky and over the top like i imagine getting a call to be on this show was a really good time yeah, yeah. especially because duncan it's like a good foil for duncan too because especially in these early seasons like i don't want to say he's completely humorless but like he's he's very like not much personality he doesn't have a ton of personality he's very like stone like he's I don't know, he's stoic. stoic. He's yeah, stoic, stoic and kind of like perfect. Yeah. And he d- he never really loses control in a way that I imagine is fun for an actor. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So you see him being kind of a rock. Right. Not in a bad way, but like, you know, being very even keeled. Then these villains are just bonkers. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's pretty satisfying. So actually. they start getting into a pretty decent sword fight. I think yeah. they're, they're like sparring in the, uh, in this like office room or whatever. This fight was really cool because just the amount of movement. Like, they really go all over this boat and all over different rooms. And, I don't know, that makes it, gives it it a lot of movement above and beyond just them trying to hit each other. Um, And one thing that I noticed, I was trying to get a good look at it. I can't tell what kind of sword Alexi was using. It almost looks like a a scimitar, which is like a kind of Middle Eastern-y sword. I don't know. Yeah. My thought going into this, just because, again, unsure where this guy is 
actually from, but there's this weird Russian connection. I was expecting like that it was some kind of saber. Like yeah. this guy's like an old timey Cossack or something. Right. That which would be. have been a fun flashback to see. Totally. Duncan yeah. Duncan with still in Scottish regalia fighting a Cossack would be fun. But it would be. You know, but this is still pretty cool. Yeah, they get in this big fight. Duncan gets a buoy thrown at him, which yep. is awesome. Which looks like a nipple. <laughs> yeah. It's or like a this beach ball. A giant well, beach ball that there's, just there's, wipes him out. There are like some cool scenes on the boat where they're tracking each other and there's no music. Yeah. I, I, I thought that was pretty cool. It has cool. like a, a lot of good like ambiance. Yeah. Like there, there's yeah. a lot of fog and it's night. Oh, no, I cool. think this is honestly one of the better fights in the... The whole thing. I thought this was great. This is really entertaining. Yeah. yeah uh, so it was. the way the, the decapitation in this is really interesting. So yeah. they end up getting kind of tangled in this rope. With like a hook on it. With a hook on it. Yeah. Duncan yeah. like hooks Alexi at one point. Then they yeah. all get like wrapped up and they both go overboard. Oh, it should be mentioned while they were fighting, the boat got like turned on. Right. In the scuffle. What uh, like the propeller? What is that called? The propeller. Boat propeller. <laughs> okay. You yeah. got it. <laughs> There's no it. nautical term for that. I think <laughs> propeller <laughs> is the nautical <laughs> term. Very good. I think the non-nautical term is what, like whirly bird, <laughs> water, water fan. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that that's turned on, and they're fighting, and they go overboard. Yeah, they go overboard, and I guess the rope gets stuck in the propeller and sucks Alexi in, but Duncan's right. able to make it out. So the propeller like just chops him up and decapitates him. Yep, which uh, is cool because they're again playing with how these quickenings work and what the the story is. I was left wondering, though. I guess in any fair world, it is fair to say that Duncan kills this guy. Right. I mean, I'm convinced by that. But the, this introduces some notion of like what happens when an immortal gets decapitated just by an environmental hazard. Right. So, uh, Bill Panzer has an interview about this. And so he says, he's the, the executive producer on this. He says, this is the first time they've done anything where, you know, another sword hasn't decapitated an immortal. Their logic, the rules they set up for the writers' room, is that if there was an impartial, uh, if there was a, an immortal present, they would get the quickening, as long as they were like nearby. But they had to be like there. If they were far away, it doesn't work. This is the thing that gets fucking crazy. So if an immortal was not there, so if like let's say he was I don't know riding a horse and hit a tree or I don't know whatever, got in a car accident, got his Anything. head ripped off, or this exact scenario, just Duncan's not there. Exactly. Right. The quickening would go back to the source. And I'm like, whoa, what? Because the source is the latest Highlander movie where they deal with, like, we're immortal. And it's like, hold on. This interview is from, like, the DVD came out in 2001. Maybe the interview is from 99, 2000. And the source didn't come out until 2007. And when we get to that movie, buckle up, everybody. Because it is going to be... It is really going to be really rough. Uh, but this shit was like floating around in the writer's heads and the EP's head in like the 90s. Like, what the fuck? This wow. is so crazy, yeah. I think. I don't know. That is pretty crazy. So what? I'm curious how much of their this mythos was kind of developed at this point that just wasn't inserted into the series yeah. and was saved for later what would be film incarnations. But... I was, like, blown away by, like, wait a minute. He said the source. It's like, ay, ay, ay. Wow. But at this point, I think the question, taking this as it comes, I don't think the question is as strong. Because at this point, I think it's fair to say Duncan kills him. Oh, this yeah. is not yeah. random. Yeah. And, you know, when you're dealing with magic lightning storms, <laughs> I like to think that whatever this magic power is can determine when an immortal's been killed by sure. another. Something to think about for future episodes. Yeah, totally. Uh, so after all this is done, we kind of have the, the denouement of the episode. Everything's mm-hmm. closing up. And so Nikki and Melinda are saying goodbye to Tess and Richie. And it's like, they're going to be okay now. They've got the money. They have the yeah, money. They give her the, the Coke money. Right, because I guess uh, uh, cops op- apprehend all the goons. So right. it's kind of like this Russian mob is dispersed. And so no one's going to come looking for it. So this mob of money. three people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so just to talk about this money for a second. She's talking about Duncan's, or Tess rather, saying about how, no, you deserve this money. It's like this drug money, yada, yada, yada. This money was originally given by Denim Man. Where, where did, did he get Where the did money? Denim Man get the oh, money? Oh, right. Yeah. Now, uh. I'm no authority on street drugs, but <laughs> that being said, 
They're so broke. It's not like he had fifty thousand dollars that he could just throw around. Yeah, like, he's, he he's, probably like was financed by all these street level drug dealers to right. go make this purchase in exchange for the coke. So like, yeah, these Russians are after her primarily because of the money issue. Like they were trying to give coke for money. All these other guys want the goddamn coke, which Duncan flushed down the drain. Like, doesn't it's good that she's leaving? Because aren't there like <laughs> potentially right. dozens and dozens of street re- level drug dealers who want to come after Denim Man for their product? I would, that's, yeah, that's yeah. a really good point. It is, which they undoubtedly chipped in this fifty thousand dollars for. Definitely. Oh boy, Yikes. just a thought. Well, <laughs> they say goodbye, and Melinda's like, "Where's Duncan?" And Tess is like, "He has his own way of saying goodbye," which is one weird because. They then cut to Duncan on, like, the river or at the bay. Yep. And he's saying goodbye, I guess, to Alexi in a yeah. weird thing we're about to talk about. But, like, yeah, his weird ways of saying goodbye to you is not by saying goodbye <laughs> to you. Is not saying goodbye. <laughs> it's like he's, he's doing something that has nothing to do with this person. Like, yeah, yep. his weird way of saying goodbye is just to not even consider it. It's just be like, fuck off. <laughs> so we cut to Duncan. He's at the river. And he's, like, he's looking pretty disheveled. His hair's down. Yeah. And then he takes Alexi's sword. And, and just like it. throws it into the the river, and this dude on the shore is like, "Oh, that must have cost you like an arm and a leg or whatever." And Duncan's like, "You have no idea." And it's like, "What?" He's talking about the girl. What girl? Oh, Neva. The girl, Neva, back in the past. Oh. That's who he yeah. like. That's what his mercy to Alexi cost him. Oh, did we say this that Alexi reveals <laughs> that he killed Neva? He's or or he said she died in my arms. I think so he just take didn't that give a shit about her. And... Yeah. All right. So I guess that makes more sense. I didn't. Th- I was like, what? Like it's confusing. Like, it is weird because they don't yeah. set up that. Like, no, they strong. don't. Yeah. This. She's not focused on at all. Like she's just there. Yeah. No, she's like confusing. It's like abrupt. This episode has a lot of like hanging threads. I almost wonder if there was a draft of this episode, which I think probably would have been stronger that had more flashback in it. Yeah. Because that would have something to make you care about this girl, to make you care about his conflict with Alexi. Right. Because we're just told they have a conflict and we just have to accept it. Is basically, we're just, we just have to accept a lot of things. Yeah. Just as told to us by Duncan. And that's not very satisfying television. Yeah. And also, like, this seems just to be a pattern in these early episodes that. I guess as a way, like, I don't know if they're feeling like Duncan's is unsympathetic or seems like a bad person for killing people, but like every time they have to have him make him do some sort of like honorable thing. Right. At the end, it's like, oh, at the end, like he seems to have some sort of like weird sea burial for the sword. And in Mountain Men, he's got to bury Caleb's bot. Like he's always burying villains and he seems to treat these like all these these deaths with like a lot of gravitas and like right. it's, it's I, a big deal. I think that's okay. I yeah. actually kind of like that. Um, just because that's who that's who Duncan is. Like he takes even killing these bad people seriously, and I think that's a good thing. Especially because they establish pretty clearly that he's a very honorable person. Right. I don't know. I think that's actually a cool. I don't think know that they needed it to justify him killing them because they've set up a premise wherein you decapitate people as a matter of course. But I, I like the notion that he treats even his enemies honorably, and that's yeah. the point of this thing. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but yeah, in general, the episode does have like a just a, the plot is strange. Like I, I was writing down, I was like, what is the theme of this episode? And it's like I don't really know. It's like it seems to have like three big like themes going on. It's like there's this Nikki drug struggle thing, right? Which is like a, a Nikki Richie story, like a real world, not a mortal thing needs to be involved. Like get right. off the streets. It's a PSA thing. Yeah. Then there's like this other thing, which is Tess wants to be a mother, which I think is pretty compelling. And then there's this other Duncan versus Alexi thing. And, like, um, immortals treating mortals like things, objects for pleasure. Yeah. Which isn't really... It's never Alexi shown. just says that. He doesn't... Yeah, he doesn't show it. Yeah. It, 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 it's never paid off. Like, honestly, I think of that plot line, the immortal plot line, is the least developed in the whole thing. And it it's kind of distracting. Like, I think they could have picked two of those themes to run if with. If they had stuck with the drug thing and that made... Tess want to be a mother like and really like delved into like ha- had her like had her seriously consider like leaving Duncan or like what, what what do we do about this like they don't explore that enough I don't know it's, it seems to be just divided among these three themes and neither one gets the attention it probably deserves because any one of these could be probably an okay episode and two of them could have gone together well like yes. this whole notion of pl- of feeding off of mortals like dr- like I actually thought just 
in general, this whole drug trade notion is actually a great example of that. Oh, that's a good point. That's a really compelling way of illustrating that theme. Like, yeah, this is an immortal in a very concrete way showing his lack of lack of care for for mortals. Like, this would have been an interesting thing to drive home, but it's just, again, one of many threads. It would have been interesting to see what this guy's schemes were. For? in the pa- Yeah, or in the past. Like, yeah. what was this guy's way of doing that? In Stalin's time, and what was his way of doing that when he first met Duncan? There could have been all kinds of interesting ways, like if yeah. he had been a slaver in the distant past or something like that, or if, yeah, uh, you know, prior to Coke becoming big in the 70s, he was like an opium guy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this episode had a lot of potential and a pretty good villain that, sadly, I don't think we got to see enough of. So Yeah, I would love to see this actor come back in flashbacks and things like that. Yeah. Two thumbs up. So, uh, anything else about this episode? Yeah. So, at one point, at the very beginning of the episode, we know that Richie is trying to pick up something from another antique store, and we find out it's supposed to be an Incan head. Well, eventually, they apparently go get it, and Richie has this whole conversation about the Incas, and Duncan says, well, the Incas fell apart because they couldn't feed themselves. Hold on. (laughs) Like, Duncan is kind of, well... A, wrong, but B, also just completely whitewashing history because they were goddamn conquered by the Spanish. <laughs> like, <laughs> And given all the things that come with that, like murder and disease. Sorry, Duncan. Tisk tisk. <laughs> Very good. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this one. The Sea Witch. Uh, make sure to subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already. If you've been listening on SoundCloud or whatever, that's great. But subscribe. That way you get the new episodes every time they come out. Um, and make sure to rate us on iTunes. Uh, that's really a big help for us. Tell us what you like about the show. Um, I guess you could tell us what you don't like about the show, but be nice. Comrade Stalin won't be happy. Yeah. <laughs> he was a fool. So next week, uh, the episode... Give us five stars. We love that in a man. <laughs> uh, next episode is Revenge is Sweet. We will see you next week, I guess. I'm one of your hosts, Keith. I'm Kyle. Amen. Bye. Bye-bye. So she she so they she says it didn't look like it it look I it was so they she says she says so she she so it didn't look like it it looked